Patrick, and you know we ain't shy when it comes to the Word of God. Amen? Amen. All right. So today we're going to study the scriptures and see uh, how we can thus uh, evaluate ourselves. We had a good Sunday school class this morning. We had a part in there talking about we need to examine ourselves every once in a while, don't we? You go to the doctor for examination. Why not go to the Word of God for an examination? Oh, y'all better help me today, but I'll work to do this by myself if I have to. Uh, I see y'all as sluggish. Y'all shouldn't have stayed out last, last night. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Uh, but seriously, I want to just say on the onset, I appreciate the privilege to be able to stand before you uh, and share the word of God. Uh, it's been almost a year since my last time up here. I preached a couple of weeks last year and uh, just always have uh, enjoy uh, sharing the word with people especially God's people, and then, of course, I just love the Orchard Street family here. Appreciate your prayers, calls, emails, uh, concerns for me and my family, and uh, just continue to pray for us. But I know one thing, the Bible is always good. Psalms 124 and verse 1, if it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, ain't God good? No matter what we go through, God is always there. I was talking with Gary Linton this morning, too, and, you know, a lot of people are showing concern. I said, hey, I just rely on God. It's out of my hands. I can't fix it, but I know somebody who can. Amen. Amen. This morning, uh, I want to talk to you for briefly for a few moments about something that I think we all should be concerned about, and that's spiritual maturity. Spiritual maturity does not come with how many years you've been in the church or going to church. Amen, somebody. Amen. Um, uh, and I want to give you five steps this morning as we talk about five steps to spiritual maturity. Uh, we're going to dig into the subject today, and uh, I think we, we all need to consider. It's one that I believe is totally misunderstood in the brotherhood today. Some claim it, but don't have it. Some have it and may not even realize it. Mm-hmm. And the subject is spiritual maturity. And here are some questions that I hope to answer today. What is spiritual maturity? Are you spiritually mature? And do you want to be spiritually mature? What are the indicators you're spiritually mature? And what are the indicators others are spiritually mature? Hmm, some things we can ask ourselves. Now watch this now. This is going to throw you for a loop now. Now we are not going to answer these questions directly. We're not even going to define spiritual maturity this morning. We're going to let the Bible do that for us. Amen? We're going to answer these questions by looking at five steps to spiritual maturity. Y'all ready? ready? Step number one. Thank you, Sue. There must be a desire. Step number one, there must be a desire. I'm sure each and every one of us are realize the fact if you want to be successful at something, first of all, you have to desire it. Amen? Let's look at verses uh, 11 and 12 real quick. Verse 11 and 12 real quick of our text that was read. I want to thank Paul for the reading of the text. Of whom we have much to say and hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. Hmm. Uh, the writer of Hebrews here was trying to share much more about Christ's priesthood. He wasn't able to because these folks were dull of hearing. That means they had no interest in what he had to say. Amen, somebody. Uh, sometimes we go to the church and we're just going through the motions. I don't want them calling me and asking me where I've been so I'm going to show up so I get marked off on the attendance sheet. Yeah. And if I ain't talking to you this morning, I ain't talking to you. <laughs> Amen, somebody. 
So the first step uh, to spiritual maturity is that you desire to be spiritually mature. The writer of Hebrews sounds like he is writing to a bunch of people who don't really care for getting or don't really care for or get spiritual maturity. It seems like they don't even desire spiritual maturity. Amen. And we get a look, an idea of what it looks like to have no desire to mature spiritually. Those with a lack of desire are called spiritually dull. They have no sense of spiritual things. We ought to be aware of spiritual things in our world today because they're hard to find. Amen. We live in a world today where they're calling right wrong and wrong right. I saw something the other day and it it really disheartened me, y'all. Somebody has sent me a a text and it was talking about an article in California where they are trying now to pass a legislative law where if you if you're trying, you cannot counsel somebody who's trying to get their life back that went that other way. Y'all know what I'm talking about, Uh, the Rainbow Coalition or whatever it is. But anyway, you, you get in trouble. They're trying to pass a law that you can get in trouble for selling any books to try to get people to come back to their senses. Talking about the Bible. And you cannot go get counseling, Pat, uh, about people that, to counsel somebody who's trying to get themselves back together and realize they've made a mistake. I said, that is, that is just crazy. But you know what? It was a bunch of Democrats that were doing it. And I'm not saying anything in any political party because I get in trouble. But I'm just saying I, I found that hard to believe that anybody would want to not help somebody. Or keep somebody from getting help. So, and then when it comes to uh, not being spiritually mature, these kind of people that are dull of hearing, uh, they don't even want to listen to those trying to help them. I'm sure we've all had that in our life. I was there one time. Probably still there at times. Uh, Sometimes somebody's trying to help you and you don't understand they're trying to help you. And you don't want to hear nothing they got to say. They're happy where they're at. And they say, thank you very much. I'm good. <laughs> no, you're not good. And watch this now. Some folks that are spiritually mature are longtime believers who have made no progress in their walk with Jesus. And like I said, I'm not making attacks at anybody. If it's, I'm not talking to you. I'm not talking to you. Amen. I'm trying to help us all. And then, of course, our text said these people that are spiritually mature, they need to have the same things taught to them over and over again. When I was young, my dad had an expression he used to tell me, boy, the more I teach you, the dumber I get. I'm sure none of y'all ever heard that one. And you know what? Sadly, I believe that this right here is the point where million Christians are today. They sit in church month after month and year after year, but they're still where they've always been. They've made no spiritual progress. They really have no interest in anything since they got saved. Galatians 4.16, Paul told them, have I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? I was like, man, it's a shame when, when somebody really is concerned about you, uh, pure concern for you, and they try to help you out, and then you don't want to listen to them. Or you get mad. But you know what? A real friend is somebody that will tell you the truth when others won't. And that's what we're supposed to be as brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah, I mean, I like what you got to say, but if you're trying to benefit me or try to edify me for my good, I need to take the time to listen to you. I remember they, uh, I didn't have to do it too much. They used to tell me castor oil was good for you, but I told that wouldn't taste good when it go down. <laughs> Amen, somebody. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? Even though 
Sometimes people tell us something that's unpleasant to hear. Uh, you can still move forward. You can still move forward. No matter where you are at now, you can still mature your walk with the Lord. If you desire it. Amen, somebody. You have to desire it. And if you're ready to move forward, then you can move to the next step. Step number two. Desire must lead to knowledge. Desire must lead to knowledge. Once you have the desire, then you need to start learning. Amen? Look at Hebrews 6, 1 and 2. Look at Hebrews 6, 1 and 2. The Bible says, therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and faith toward God, and of the doctrines of baptism, of laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. There are some things that we learned when we first came to the body of Christ. And that's good you remember those things. But you just not just stay on those things. It's time to get some meat. Amen. Yeah, milk is good. That got you, that got you nourished because you couldn't handle the full stuff yet. But we need to, we need to continue in that. Okay. Um, we need to understand that uh, there are basic teachings of the Christian faith. And then we need to understand that everything we learn acquires us to help to know what is right and wrong. Amen. Through the word of God. And let's look at Hebrews 5, 13 through 14. Hebrews 5, 13 through 14. Look what it says here. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness. For he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are what? Full of age or spiritually mature. That is, those who by reason of use have uh, used their senses exercise to discern both good and evil. Now, I was looking at this right here. I saw something interesting in here and I want to share it with you. So, once we have the uh, desire to mature, we start learning. It is good to learn things of the faith, amen? But that's not the end. Another large segment of Christmas are stuck here. There are many Christians who have a lot of knowledge and they want more, thank God. They can quote scripture and win almost any arguments that are presented to them. But watch this now. They know how to do what is right, but they never move to the next step. And they're still baby Christians until they take the next step. So what are you talking about, Brother Morrison? Well, here's this right here. Step number three. Knowledge must lead to responsibility. Knowledge must lead to responsibility. Well, what do you mean? We have to be responsible for what we know once we know what we know. Amen? Responsibility takes place when we come to the realization that God taught us these things for a reason. Responsibility takes place when we're able to grasp that our knowledge now requires something more. Well, what more do I need, Brother Morrison? I, I know the Bible. I know this and that. Now that we know these things, what are we going to do? What you going to do with the word of God now? Now that you know it so well. You going to be this perfect Christian and just shine bright like a light like you're supposed to? And not tell nobody? Is our knowledge of God and his ways going to make a difference in our lives? It should. Amen. Watch this. Watch this now. If we know something, but it doesn't change us, do we really know it? I have guys at the job all the time, and I'm sure you have friends as well, too. Always want to invite me to these book clubs. 
And, and, and I don't, and I'm not saying it's wrong, anything wrong with book clubs and all that. But I notice they never have the Bible in the book club, you know. And I say this all the time, and some of you've heard me say this before. We read books for information. We read the Bible for transformation. And let me take you somewhere real quick. Let's go to 2 Peter 1.3 real quick. 2 Peter 1.3. Y'all turn there real quick with me. I know you got your Bibles. So you're going to understand what I'm trying to say this morning. 2 Peter 1.3. The Bible says, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through what? The knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. This knowledge of God describes a special kind of knowledge. This ain't no uh, bachelor's. This ain't no PhD. This ain't all that stuff you think is important. You need this special kind of knowledge. This knowledge that only God can give you. Why is that, Brother Morrison? Well, this knowledge of God that I'm talking about, the Greek word here for knowledge is epignosis. It's a decisive knowledge of God. Our knowledge of Jesus grows as we mature in the faith, and we will experience his grace and peace on many occasions in our Christian walk. How many of y'all need some grace and some peace this morning? I know I do. There are many times, and I thank y'all for praying for me, but if God had not been there with me to strengthen me and give me that comfort and the peace that surpasses all understanding, I could not make it. Many occasions in our Christian walk, we have to understand that we are responsible to act on what we know. I've used this illustration before, and we know it's happened. I don't care what kind of person you are, Christian or not, you see somebody about to, you're driving along over to Gig Harbor, you see somebody about to jump off the bridge, nine times out of ten, if you got a cell phone, you're going to call them, there's a man or woman about to jump off the bridge. <laughs> Amen? Amen? But yet, when you see somebody in danger, Living a life vicariously, you can look that word up for yourself. Knowing they're in, in result in their life if they don't get themselves together, but yet you have nothing to say. Same conclusion to me. Amen. That's all right. I didn't come here seeking no friends. I'm going to tell the truth. Once we grasp the responsibility, then it will lead us to our next step. What do you think comes after responsibility? Most of y'all know, should know already. Step number four, responsibility must lead to action. See, it means nothing if you got knowledge, you got responsibility, you know all this stuff, and you don't do nothing about it. We were talking about in Sunday school this morning uh, where they wanted proof that Paul was an apostle, a disciple. And you know what? You know why? It was never answered. So we had a lot of good answers in class. But nobody ever said this. Why were they so skeptical of Paul? Because he used to be Saul of Tarsus. Persecuting Christians. See, each and every one of us has a used to be. And sometimes, no matter how hard you try, people are going to look at your past. 
and dig it up. And some folks, it's easier to dig up than others. <laughs> we act on what we have learned. Chapter 6, verses 1, through, uh, one, th- 1 and 3. Let's look at that again. Hebrews 6, 1 and 3 again. Look what it says here. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works of faith toward God. Then verse 3, and this we will do if God permits. Okay, watch this now. We understand now what God is telling us. We do what he asks and we are obedient if we want to live right. We live our lives acting on what we know from God. Amen. And this is a step that so many, if not most Christians, have yet to take. What do you mean, Brother Morrison? Well, watch this now. They have yet to take the knowledge they have and put it into action. Your knowledge means nothing if you don't put it into action. Somebody once said, uh, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. It's like, Wow. And I know y'all ain't going to like this, but that's okay. Spirit told me to tell y'all this. So having this knowledge and not putting it into action, it's like eating all the time and not getting any exercise. Once again, if I ain't talking to you, I ain't talking to you. And so what I'm saying to you now is, and I like to give examples, real life examples, so... What I'm saying to you now is we got this knowledge and we don't put it in action. It's like us sitting around and getting spiritually obese. Yeah, I'm looking at you. But translating our knowledge into action leads to the final step. Watch this now. Action will lead to maturity. How many of y'all want maturity? Amen, somebody. You know, we all know those passages. Boy, you need to grow up. You need to act like you got some sense. I heard all that stuff. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. And when I became a man, I put away childish things. We didn't hurt it all. But until you have the desire, until you start looking for yourself, start getting that knowledge, start putting it into action, it ain't going to mean nothing. Amen? Look at Hebrews 5.14. Hebrews 5.14. I love this part here. But solid food belongs to those who are full of age, spiritually mature. That is, those who by reason of use, watch this now, watch this now, listen carefully. By reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. I think so many times we just skip over that. We just pass through there like we just, we just graze it. We don't really dig in and take hold of that. Watch this now and you'll see what I mean. Action leads to maturity. Discern the Greek word here, diacresis, distinguishes a deciding or uh, act of judgment, able to distinguish between lookalikes or things that appear to be the same. That's deep when it talks about discernment because there are some things that look okay to you because you may see somebody else doing it, but that does not make it right. I see some of you looking at me like, oh, man, he talking to me. You you know that I'm talking to myself first. (laughs) 
Watch this now. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Gibson. <laughs> Look alike to things that appear to be the same while not the same without spiritual maturity. You can't discern. Amen, somebody. With maturity comes skill. We learn how to recognize situations. We learn how to handle these situations. So many of us have been in situations before. We say, Lord, I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, I know what I'm going to do. Give it to the Lord. He says, casting all your care upon me. Why? Because I care for you. Yeah. And that's what we do a lot of times. We ask the Lord to fix something. He'll fix it. And then we go right back in that same situation. And that's the definition of insanity. Doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. It just ain't going to happen. Look at something here now. With spiritual maturity comes skill. And then watch this. Our highs don't get too high. And our lows don't get too low. You can marinate on that and you get home later. You, you call me later and you tell me if you understood what I'm talking about. Amen, somebody. See, when you're spiritually mature, stuff don't get to you like it does regular folks. Because you know who's still in control. See, with my God, all things are possible. See, ain't nothing my God can't do. We have to understand in him we live and move and have our very being. God is still God. He says, I have not changed. Go over to Malachi. He said, I'm the Lord God. I change not. What he did for those back in the day, he's still doing. Y'all just don't realize it. See, so many times we don't have our spiritual headphones on. We don't want to listen to God. And what I mean by that, preacher told me one time, when we choose not to study the word of God or read the word of God, Bill, it's like we're telling God, I don't want to hear from you today. And when I first heard that, that pricked me because I was that individual. Well, I know the Bible pretty well. I don't need to read it every day. Mm-hmm. Where'd that, where that get me? And see, when you're not spiritually mature, you'll get into situations and you'll think, oh, I got this handled. The only to come out and find out what? You don't got it handled. It got you handled. Then you're going to come back, run into the Lord. Lord, please help me now. I realize now I made a mistake. He knew you made a mistake before you made the mistake. We have to have a spiritual equilibrium, y'all. We have to have a spiritual equilibrium. And then once we do this, then we can teach others. You know what? And, and, I, and I appreciate all y'all, uh, all the brothers here, all the sisters here that teach and stuff. But we got more people that can be teaching here. We got more folks to be teaching. Because, you know, when we look at, you know, arts call me, Darren, you want to put some lessons together? Yeah, I do that art. But I'm looking like, we got some other folks that can teach too. And y'all know my work schedule. I try to work around my work schedule to make it happen. But I thank God for Brother Art because he's always there when I can't make it. I said, Art, I can't make it this week. But he said, I'll put something together for you. I said, but I'll be there next week. <laughs> but once we start putting this action into maturity, we become anchors for those who need us to be strong. Do you realize what it's like to have an anchor for the soul? Of course, we know the word is the anchor, but we need to have some anchors in the church as well, too. We need to have some brothers, some mature sisters that can, somebody you feel comfortable you can go to when you're going through a time. And they can say, girl, uh, son, let me tell you, this is what happened when I went through a similar situation. But see, when we don't have that, you feel like you're all alone. 
Even though God said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Sometimes we feel alone, don't we? Am I the only one? Yeah, I know I can call y'all, but some of us don't have that relationship. If I don't have a relationship with you, I'm probably not going to come to you about some stuff that's really bothering me. And some of y'all looking at me crazy. You, some of y'all in the audience the same way too. Let's tell the truth and shame the devil. Amen. That's why I love this song. Where could I go but to the Lord? Amen. And then once we become anchors for those that need to be strong, we can become anchors in the church. We need some anchors in the church. And you know, what? once you become spiritually mature, you inspire others and give them the desire to be spiritually mature. Don't you want to help somebody or be an example of somebody to help them do better? You're so worried about training somebody at work. Well, yeah, they can do the job. They ain't going to get them to heaven. We major in minors and minor in the majors. This world is not our home. Love that song. I'm just passing through. Can't wait for the Lord to take me. When we inspire others and give them the desire to be spiritually uh, mature, we also bring glory to God. That's the ultimate result. That's what we're really trying to. I'm not trying to impress nobody. I'm trying to please God. If somewhere, somewhere along the way in my walk with the Lord, trying to get strong and spiritually mature, it helps you. Good for you. But I'm trying to please God. No, we got so many people today worried about the world and what they're trying to tell us we can do. But you know what? We obey the laws of the land until they conflict with the word of God. Bible says Paul and the other apostles told them we must obey God rather than man. Acts 5, 29. You have to realize God is in control. He put those powers to be in place. Trump can act crazy all he wants. That don't mean we got that crazy. And I'm not talking about him. So here we go. Now that we've talked about us, where are you at today? Where are you at today? At, at what step have you determined yourself to be? Are you ready to take the next step? And you know what? Sometimes it's, we're so afraid to walk out into the unknown. But anytime you go into something that's trying to help you better yourself as a child of God, God said, come on, I got you. I got you. We can do this together. And I'm going to share something with you. Every day. I know most of y'all pray every day. Every day, something I include in my prayer is this. Lord, help me to realize there's nothing I'll face today that you and I can't handle together. That gets me through every week, Bill, no matter what my schedule is. Lord, help me to realize there's nothing I face today that you and I can't handle together. That's powerful for me because I know I can make it. No matter how down I get, no matter how lonely I feel, I know me and God can figure it out. I can't do this by myself. I'm not like you. I can't do this by myself. I need the Lord. God is not an option in Brother Morrison's life. He's a necessity. See, the world's telling you, you got option A, B, C, D. No, God is your only option if you want to make it. Better quit listening to the world. I'm about to cancel my cable now. First of all, I don't be home enough to watch cable, and then they're taking 135 bucks a month anyway. Like, man, can't stand Xfinity. Lord have mercy. So where are you at today? No matter where you're at today, you can get started today. Tell God you realize where you're at 
and he'll help you move forward. Amen. Ask him to take you to the next step because we need anchors in our church today. I want to leave you with a couple of passages as I get ready to close. Now, it may not work for you, but this works for me. As, and I'm not saying I'm spiritually mature, but I'm striving to be spiritually mature. And this helps kind of keep me on track. Sometimes we're having conversations at work. Have a, uh, a guy who, who, who he's a believer. He's from Arkansas. And we'll be talking about something in our meetings and stuff. He said, you're getting off in the ditch. <laughs> and I said, okay, we got to get back on the road. Okay. And I think sometimes we get off in the ditch because we're not listening to the word of God. Here's a couple of things that help me as it comes to uh, my spiritual walk with the Lord. The first one. Romans 12, 1 through 2. I know all y'all got passages you like. This is one of my favorites. The Bible says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Then one translation says, when you consider all that God has done for you, is that too much for him to ask? Oh, I love that. And it says, be not conformed to this world. Then let, me, let, me, let me do something real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on, Michael. Don't go too far. You can move in ahead of me. I got to deal with this with. Do not be conformed to this world. Y'all remember back, some of y'all too young, but some of y'all more mature folks. Let me say it that way. Was that nice enough, Patrick? Y'all remember back in the day when mama used to make the real jello, where you had to boil the water, Bonnie, and pour that packet of gelatin in there? Then mama would pour it into a mold. Oh, y'all ain't trying to hear me today. Y'all ain't trying to hear me. I'm, I'm trying to give you a spiritual message out of this. Amen. Y'all gonna let me do this? So mommy used to pour this jello into this, into this mold. And then I was like, she take this hot substance and then she put it into the refrigerator. Okay, she let it set for a couple of hours and then it, it got kind of hard and jiggly, you know what you will. And then she would take a plate. She would take a plate and then flip it over. And you know what? That gelatin took, exactly sister, that gelatin took the shape of whatever it came out of. Oh, Lord, y'all ain't trying to hear me. Be not conformed to this world. We are not to be molded and look like the world out there. We live in the world, but we're not to be of the world. Be not conformed to this world. But now, Michael, we can go to it. But be you transformed by the renewing of your mind that she may prove what is that good acceptable and perfect will of God. Now you know what? That passage throws me off, Bill, because it tells that I can help with the perfect will of God. I'm imperfect, but I got a God who can help me do some perfect stuff. And then lastly, I'm going to leave you with this. This is really my save all for helping me strive to be more spiritually mature. Galatians 2.20 I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who died and gave himself for me. Wow. Can it get any better than that? Jesus loved me enough. Man, I ain't going to talk about my life. Jesus loved me and you enough to die on that old rugged cross. How many people do you know that be willing? I mean, seriously, I want you to answer yourself this on the way home today. How many people do you know, you really know, that be willing to die for you? Yeah, maybe your spouse. 
But Gary, I'm going to be honest. I, I just ain't there yet. I'm going to take a bullet for you, bro. I'm going to be honest. I, I don't know. If it was if push came to shove, I said, well, I got Tierra. I got all these people that love me. Sue, Sue can do without Gary more than she can do without me. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm saying. I'm just joking. I know them. But I'm just saying, Jesus died for you and me. And he did it joyfully. He went, he went, yeah, he said, let, if it be your will, Father, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, your will be done. See, that's where we need to be, y'all. That's where spiritual maturity comes in. Even when you know you don't want to do what you're supposed to do, you do it anyway. And joyfully. Lord says, my commandments are not grudging. Hey, don't be, don't be, don't do nothing if you got to fix your mouth like you've been sucking on sour lemons. Amen. Amen. Or you've been eating castor oil. Oh. <laughs> do everything as unto the Lord and be happy about it. God uses each and every one of us for his glory. And it's a privilege to serve God, y'all. It's a privilege to serve God. I know a lot of times I do stuff for people and they ask me, thank you, Brother Morrison. I just appreciate what you did. I said, don't thank me. Just reasonable service. See, when you do stuff, don't expect no, you don't get a pat on the back every time. And you should be looking for one. It's reasonable service. I'm supposed to love Gary. I'm supposed to help Craig if he needs me. I'm, we're supposed to be there for one another. You act like you're doing something all great and mighty. Just reasonable service. When you consider all that God has done for you. If you're here today, you may not be a child of God and, and maybe this spiritual maturity sounds good to you. While there's blood still running warm in your veins, you can make a decision to follow the Lord today. It's not hard. The Bible says faith then comes by hearing. Hearing comes by the word of God. Romans 10, 17. You had to have faith. The Bible says without faith it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a reward of them that diligently seek him. Hebrews eleven six. Then the Bible says you need to repent. Except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Luke 13, 3. Then you need to go down to the watery grave of baptism for the remission of your sins. Acts 2, 38. Don't let nobody tell you that baptism is not essential. They can say all kind of stuff they want to. But Galatians tells us that baptism puts you into Christ. Once we get baptized, we put on Christ. What other way can you get Christ without baptism? Yeah, I can read about it. But until you make that conscious decision to accept the Lord. See, because I can make any kind of commitment. But until you sign on the dotted line, you ain't made no commitment. Baptism is your commitment. Lord, I'm going to walk in your ways because I know that's the best thing for me. If you're here today, you stand in need of the Savior's invitation. We're going to stand together as we sing the song of invitation.